Hello, welcome to this edition of Your Favorite Football Podcast. I'm James, and alongside me today is Raceland, and Pat is not with us today because he had to take care of some family things, um, but he will be back with us this the next episode of Your Favorite Football Podcast. And Raceland, it was an exciting weekend for college football. It was, I don't know about you, but it was really great to see it, it back, actually back, right? Obviously, we had college football to a degree last year, right, with all conferences, and mm-hmm. some shortened seasons, but it's it was nice to have out of conference games, and it was nice to see the full crowds back and in full swing. I mean, you saw the trends, right? The Wisconsin went viral. Um, seeing Florida mm-hmm. State's atmosphere Sunday night was incredible. Um, just it it was it felt refreshing to get back to that. Right? No, absolutely, it did. Um, I mean, I didn't get to watch a ton of college football this past weekend. Um, I was in Cincinnati for uh, a softball tournament, so, uh, but I did get to catch uh, quite a few games here and there. I mean, I, I watched the end of the, uh, um, well, the Penn State game, the Penn State-Wisconsin game. I got to see the end of that. I got to watch uh, the end of the Notre Dame and Florida State game on Sunday night. We were, I was sitting around with a couple of people. We were playing cards and watching the end of the game. And then last Thursday, I got to watch Ohio State play, and uh, I mean, I, I'm happy with what I saw. So, yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, I got I caught a little bit of the the Bama Miami game. Um, I saw the score at one point, and I'm like, well, James isn't going to be happy. So, uh, I, I don't know. I'm sure we'll dive into that game a little bit and how upset you are at what happened. So. Yeah, we'll get into that, but first let's update the audience on our predictions rankings. Obviously, we only had 10 games for this week because it was all college, right? Normally, we want to do 10 college and 10 professional, uh, 10 NFL. So, after one week for the Chase for the Prestigious Predictions Championship that we're going to create and um, put on display here rather shortly, Raceland, you are currently leading at the moment by a game. You, you finished the, the week off 7-3. and three. Um, I was second with six and four, and coming up the rear was Pat at five and five. And if I wasn't just so damn stubborn and had to go with my pride with Miami, <laughs> I could have tied you there. Um, Pat, well, you know, Pat, I mean, a couple games out, but you know what? It's way, way, way early when it comes to this predictions championship race. Absolutely. Now, the, the only two games that we, that all three of us missed was we all said that North Carolina was going to win, and we all, predicted Wisconsin to win. Obviously, both of those teams lost. I think Wisconsin, I mean, they had it in their hands, and and uh, Grimmers just, just uh, threw an interception there at the end of the game, obviously, to seal it up. But uh, the other game that I had lost, I had, I picked Indiana over Iowa, and so did Pat. Uh, I, I picked Texas over Louisiana. Uh, you guys picked Louisiana, so that gave me the win over the both of you. We all picked USC. Pat and I picked Alabama over you and Miami. Uh, we all correctly picked Georgia over Clemson and Notre Dame over Florida State. And then you and I predicted UCLA over LSU, uh, and Pat picked LSU. So, And then, obviously, last Thursday, we, we all picked Ohio State uh, to beat Minnesota, and, and which they did. So, so yeah, the, as the standings sit, and I'm, I'm in first, and you and Pat are Beavis. Well, I mean, I, I mean – Look, I don't know for that yet because well, we're it's only one week into this thing. We're only two games back, but I mean, let's grant it. I mean, it was 
let's start right off the bat. You know, the upset of Virginia, Virginia Tech, North Carolina game, right? Let's let's mm-hmm. dive in some of these games. Um, obviously, North Carolina went in as a top ten team, right? They were number ten going in, and and Sam Howell, everyone thought he could be potentially a number one overall pick in the NFL draft. Um, obviously, the debate was between him and Spencer Rattler. Um, Sam Howell really struggled in that game. Had a couple interceptions. North Carolina three, got three. I, it was there was three yet. So North Carolina, I mean, that's not the way you wanted to start off. I mean, granted, I mean, I know Lane Stadium in Blacksburg is a tough outing, especially on Friday night, week one. But that was a very a team they should have beat, and the fact that they had potential ACC championship um, capability and and vision. Um, that sure took a shot this past Friday night. No, absolutely didn't. He, even with those three interceptions, and Sam Howell was still 17 of 32 for 208 yards. He only threw one touchdown. His QBR over the, that, that game was 41.1. That's not number one arguable overall pick numbers at all. I, I, I get their, they lost some good players and, 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 uh, Diami Brown at receiver and their top two running backs all to the draft. But if if you've got a guy like Sam Howell, who's this great leader of a quarterback, he should be able to get the ball to definitely to his receivers. But with three interceptions, I get one was late, uh, which ended the game. It's still you expect a guy like that who's projected to project to be one of the top quarterbacks in the nation this year to do better than 17 and 32 with, with one touchdown, three interceptions. Yeah. And, you know, one thing you got to be able to do is run the football. That was something that North Carolina was really good at last year and their top rusher is 66 yards. Um, mm-hmm. And look, it doesn't help the fact that Sam Howell, like you said, three interceptions. I think he had, uh, I just look at the stat line. It was like 17 for 32 for 208 with a touchdown and three picks. I mean, you can't throw the ball away like that. I mean, and 208 is not a bad number, right? And it really, it, no. and the completion is just under, just over 50%, which you'd like to see get a little better. But the three picks is what the dagger was. I mean, you gave mm-hmm. away three possessions, right? I mean, that's three possessions you gave away. And in a low scoring affair like that game was, that's a, that's critical. You have to have those back. Yeah. So it's yeah. going to be interesting to see how North Carolina rebounds, really. Mm-hmm. Right. I'm going to have to look and see. But, but that's a easily a, a type of loss that could affect you going into this week because you had such high hopes going into the season, and all of a sudden you're sitting at 0-1. And, by the way, you're 0-1 in the conference, too, now. I mean, it only makes you wonder if that's going to carry on to week to week. It shouldn't. Uh, they play Georgia State week two, so uh, they, that that's a game they should definitely definitely win. Uh, and if they don't, then obviously that just means that something is more wrong than what we had originally believed. So let me There's ask you more there. We're not really going to find out this week, then. Georgia State. I mean, I don't. No, no offense to Georgia State, but they're not going to lose to Georgia State. And if they do, then the sky's falling. When it comes to North Carolina, the sky's falling in Chapel Hill. Um, really going to find out next weekend when they face Virginia. I mean, Virginia, I mean, is no slouch. I mean, they're not a powerhouse, right? 
but they're not a slouch. Virginia was right. in the AC championship game not too long ago. In fact, I think they were in the um, Orange Bowl two years ago. So that's not very far removed. So it's going to be interesting to see how they can turn. I mean, granted, it's so early in the season. It's overreaction week, right, because we all overreact to what we saw. But you pretty much – the playoffs are out of – they're out of sight, right, for North Carolina. Mm-hmm. Uh, they, they've got to have a lot of luck. Yeah. So it's going to be interesting to see how that plays out. But another game that kind of surprised me, too, was the um, – was obviously I, – I was kind of surprised the performance out of Iowa State. I didn't think they – look, they won six by Northern Iowa. I was kind of surprised about that. But that was kind of the, the, the storyline for the weekend was a lot of – a lot of teams that had high aspirations had disappointing outcomes, whether it was a too close of a win that they should have won by 20 or they lost the game. So that was the storyline out of the weekend for me. No, I would agree. I would agree. I mean, Notre Dame beating Florida State by three. Uh, like you said, Iowa State beating Northern Iowa 16 to 10. Oregon beating Fresno State by seven. And then the big one that really stuck out. Fresno State should have won. Fresno State should have won that game. They should have. They should have. Uh, But the one that stood out to me was Oklahoma and Tulane. Oklahoma, I mean, you're you're the second team in the nation, and you're you're beating Tulane by five? Yeah, and – and and if I Spencer Rattler Rattler did pretty good. Uh, He he was 30 of 39. 304 yards, he had one touchdown to two interceptions, his QBR at 72.1, but that just means that their defense is, isn't there. Well, they gave up 35 against Tulane. Yeah. I mean, and if you, and me and Pat actually watched the end of that game together, um, because we caught the tail end of it after, you know, the, I coached that morning. That cost Tulane. Tulane should have won that game, and and I'm not have. trying to be one. Of the, and I'm not trying to say, well, the, the officials gave Oklahoma the game. I'm not saying that, but it didn't help the cause, and it was to the point to where like that was a terrible call. And even the announcers said that. Even the announcers said that was terrible calls. So, but and then even after all of that, they went and scored and got the onside kick. So they had the opportunity late in the game, like within the last two minutes of the ball game, to go and knock off Oklahoma. Right. If you're Oklahoma, right. if you're an Oklahoma fan, look, this could be an anomaly and we're all overreacting. But the fact that your defense gave up 35 against Tulane, that's yeah. that's trepidatious. And you, and if you're an Oklahoma fan, you're going to the SEC. Maybe that's not a smart move because. That de- that your defense is going to get eaten alive in the SEC. It's going to get eaten mm-hmm. alive. Absolutely, absolutely it will. Absolutely it will. Uh, so another game that was, I don't want to say it was closer than what it should have been, um, obviously because you got a lot of young guys on this team. But Ohio State beating Wisconsin or Minnesota by fourteen. I mean yeah. the the uh, the. The betting odds for Ohio State were to win by 13 and a half. Now, again, like I said, you've got a young quarterback in C.J. Stroud who's never attempted a, a, a collegiate pass 
ever. Went 13 and 22 for 294, uh, four touchdowns to one interception, uh, with an 85.6 QBR. Where they really shined at was the run game. Mayan Williams had nine carries for 125 yards and a touchdown. He had a 71 yard touchdown and he broke out in the, uh, in the first quarter. Yeah, and, and, you know, I saw a lot of um, comments on social media, too, about C.J. Stroud, especially that first half. Look, it, like you said, it was his first ever live college action. Look, he, he broke out in the second half. And, yes, the run game took over Raceland, but the fact that he didn't do anything to lose you the game in the second half. I mean, they what, they scored 30, was it 35? It was 45-31. Yeah, but they scored like 35 in the second half, right? Oh, like, um, 21. So going into halftime, Minnesota had led 14 to 10. Ohio State comes out and scores 21 in the third and then 14 in the fourth to Minnesota's seven in the third and 10 in the fourth. Yeah, so and, – and look, again, we here's the thing with that game too is, yes, I think Ohio State's offense kind of – it showed you a lot of glimpses of what they can be, and that's a – it's the, the, the scoring of the – the explosive plays that lead to a score. They're not going to beat you by the, you know, drive, 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 punch in. It's the explosiveness, right? But on the flip side of that, if you're an Ohio State fan, are you concerned about what your defense showed you? I mean, and and I think there are some reasons to be worrisome. I mean, look, before the, the running back got hurt from Minnesota, he was gashing them. Uh, yeah, Muhammad, Muhammad Ibrahim – is was looked at as one of the best running backs in the nation. Yeah. And I, he had he ended his night he's now out for the season which sucks because I mean it he's a young guy that I really enjoyed watching not only last year but and then obviously in that game against Ohio State I hated the fact that he was running all over him but the fact that he showed that he can be one of the nation's top backs he had 30 carries for 130 or sorry 163 yards and two touchdowns. He's he's he was a guy that was looking at potential first round talent before he got hurt. Yes. I mean, and so, I mean, we're going to find out about Ohio State this week. I mean, I know Oregon kind of struggled against Fresno State, but, you know, I mean, it's just I think this is a game where you have game film now and players. You can see what you can you can improve on a lot of things you saw week one. I mean, look, now you got you guys come and play. This is a playoff. This is a game that has playoff implications. I mean, if mm-hmm. you lose this game, the odds of you making the postseason are done. I mean, yeah. I don't know if they're totally done, but they're they're definitely slimmed down. And right. So it's gonna be interesting. I mean, and I, I don't think this is a game Ohio State walks in and wins. And I don't think this is a game that Oregon can play bad and win. I mean, I think they they both gotta be on their A game. And I know that's so cliche because, you know, obviously you have to win a game to win a, game to win a football game. But this game more mm-hmm. so than before because Ohio State's defense showed signs of weakness and Oregon didn't feel like Oregon against Fresno State. Right, right. Now, so I was talking with my stepdad about after the Ohio State game last week. And he's like, I'm going to bet you now. This. So this is before or after Ohio State's game before Oregon's on Saturday. He said, I, I'm willing to bet you anything that when the line comes out for Ohio State, Oregon, Oregon will be the betting favorite. Well, 
obviously that how they played against Fresno State, the tide turned quickly. Uh, Ohio State's a 14-and-a-half-point favorite. It's not going to be that. I, I I don't think... I'm not saying it will be, but if, if we get the second half C.J. Stroud from, from that first game, I think it could be 14-and-a-half-plus. Again, and... and and it could, because here's, and here's the reason I am struggling to answer that race one is because how good is Oregon? Is Oregon what we saw last week, or is Fresno State better than we all thought? Because there's been times where Fresno State on is paper in the top twenty-five. Sure, on paper it would show that Oregon was just didn't play well against Fresno State. But, like you said, I mean, they, they've been in the top 25 a few times, especially here recently, so we don't really know what to expect from from them. And then for Oregon to come in and play like they did against them, it's, it's it definitely is questionable. I, I, I will agree with you. Would I take the 14-and-a-half favorite for Ohio State without bias? Probably. Yeah. It, would be, it would be tough. I wouldn't bet a ton of money on it. But it would be I, – I feel like I could do it. Well, and it's a game that mean, what works in Ohio State's favor is the home field advantage. I mean, it's going to be the first it's – the it's the first full capacity game since 2019. And, by the way, it's against Oregon. Now, mm-hmm. let me tell – but here's the thing, and this is kind of what Pat and I discussed Saturday night, is, is it's kind of telling, though, how the two programs performed last weekend – when game day is going to Iowa and Iowa State instead of Oregon, Ohio State, where we all kind of written in for this right. week. Well, so I, I know the, the big one is college football game day, but big noon kickoff, the, the, the Big Ten show, um, it's got, it's got um, Brady Quinn, Reggie Bush, uh, Bob Stoops is a part of it. Uh, they're going to be in Columbus for that game. So, so there's there's some hype there, but again, like you said, it wouldn't be as much hype as if it if game date was there, right? But especially the, especially pregame. And that's what I'm saying. It's the top 15 matchup, so I'm not sticking my nose at it. But I I mean, we all us three kind of figured it would be college game day at Columbus this weekend, but it's not the case. But let's move along to what. Look, we kind of talked about it at length last time, and that was the LSU game. I mean, it's. LSU, look, I picked against them is because I don't have confidence in the, in that team, and you know, oh. and and it showed this weekend that they're not the LSU Tigers of 2019. In fact, it looks like that was the anomaly of the LSU Tigers, and they're looking at another four or five loss season in the SEC. So, Raceland, if you're an LSU fan, I mean, which I know you're not, but bear with me here. If you're an LSU fan, mm-hmm. I mean, what what are you thinking? I mean, you had that one of the greatest seasons of all time in 2019 and then 2020 and 2020 was awful. And now you're looking at another awful season right in the face. Um, I'm thinking if they don't go at least 500, uh, Ed Odron needs to go. Yeah. Because the only thing they had going for them that, that championship season was the fact that they had Joe Burrow, Jamar Chase, um, I think 
let's see who who else do they have on the team then? Um, they had um, Clyde well, Edwards Lair. They had Thaddeus yep. Wallace. They yep. They had they had some other defensive guys. They had that, a stacked team. They had a stacked team that year. Now they don't. You've got you, you all of your guys have graduated, gone to the NFL, and now you're stuck with what you have. Now, don't get me wrong. Their quarterback wasn't he wasn't great, but he wasn't bad. He was 26 or 46, 330 yards, three touchdowns, one interception. They just couldn't get it going on the ground. So Raceland, I mean, you're saying 500. So let's play a little game here. So okay. they they're going to win this week. They're playing McNeese for crying out loud. They're going to beat McNeese. God bless you. And then they're playing Central Michigan, so that's two and one. Do they beat Mississippi okay. State? Um, honestly, well, hang on. Let me see what we have on Mississippi I State. I mean, I'm, I don't think they're beating Mike Leach. You don't think they would? I don't think so. Let me see what we what I have on on Mississippi State because I'm not sure uh, what what they did this weekend. Um, they won this weekend, right? Let me see if I can't find where they're at. I don't know yeah, where they're at. Okay, so beat Louisiana Tech 35-34. But again, granted, it's Louisiana Tech, but Louisiana Tech is not a a slouch of a program. No, they're not. They're not. Uh, yeah, I can't find them, and I can't see. Okay. Their, their stats How about this? For the week. We give them the win against Mississippi State. So that's okay. what one. Okay. Do they beat Auburn? No. Do they beat Kentucky? Be a tough game. Okay, so let's. I say they lose. Okay. So that's three and three. Right. They're not beating Florida. They're not beating Ole nope. Miss, and they're not beating nope. Alabama. Nope. Now you're looking at three and six right in the face. Right. Arkansas. Right. You should beat Arkansas, and you should beat you should beat UL Monroe. So what? That's five and six. And then you play Texas A&M. You're not beating Texas A&M. So that's five and seven, race one. Yep. And I mean. I mean I, I might give them the win against – or I, I I might – wait, did you say they were beating Arkansas? I said they beat Arkansas. So I don't win. know if they that, – that, that's a game I, I think Arkansas could possibly win. Arkansas is not what we used – where we're used to seeing. I, I get think that. I think, that I think LSU is maybe just that bad. I think LSU just may be that bad. We're going to find out. I mean, we're going to find out when they play Mississippi State. I don't think we're going to find out in the next two weeks. No. No, no, no. Not at all. Not at all. Because, like you said, they're, they're playing teams that are kind of lower lower in the FBS. So, yeah, we're not going to see much uh, of what other teams could do to LSU based on the fact that, again, they, they aren't to that tier level of what LSU – is uh, against like Mississippi State and um, Arkansas, Texas A&M, Bama, what have you. Uh, but no, like I said, if 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 I were an LSU fan, I'd be worried. I mean, two years ago, we win the national championship, and then you turn around 
the next season, obviously COVID happened. They didn't do well. This season, they've already lost a game to an unranked UCLA team. Yeah, but so, UCLA is better than unranked. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Are. Uh, I got to, I was excited to watch that game. I, I got to catch a little bit of it. But I was excited to see that game because of Zach Charbonnet. Hated him. Hated him at Michigan. Hated him at Michigan. Now he's not there. I love the fact that he's playing good football. I wanted him at Ohio State. He's a former five-star running back. Got ruined. I don't want to to say he got ruined. His time at Michigan was cut short because Jim Jim Harbaugh doesn't like to run the halfback. He likes to run the fullback. And he wasn't giving Zach Charbonnet the ball enough. And obviously we're seeing now what he can do with the ball. Yeah. I mean, I'm trying to find. I'm trying to find where they where they're at. I mean, if it would help if I went to top 25 instead of all of college football. Um, let me pull up his stats real quick, because he has just been unbearable against defenses. Like he he's just bowling through them like like they're nothing. I can't seem to find where they're at. Let me go. Let me just go back to to week one. Because they, they, they played in week zero, too, so he's gotten two weeks under his belt now. Um, so let me look. Two weeks ago against Hawaii, he was he had uh, six carries for 106 yards, three touchdowns. And then this week against LSU, he had, what, I think, 11 carries. Yeah, 11 carries for 117 yards and a touchdown. So all in all, he's got, <clears throat> what, 17 carries and what did I say? 117 plus what was it against Hawaii? One thir- or uh, 106. Yeah, he's got 223 yards on 17 carries, which averages about to 13.1 yards per carry. That's yeah, I mean, incredible. That's incredible. That's pretty good numbers. I mean, you're looking at a pretty good season if he could maintain those numbers. In fact, that's not pretty good. That's a pretty great season. Yeah. And, and he's averaging 13 yards a game. He's going to end up putting himself in a Heisman conversation if he keeps this up. Now, let me take a look and see who who UCLA plays coming up. Um, they're at home for Fresno State at Stanford. they got a tough game against Arizona State. Uh, they play at Arizona, at Washington. Oregon, Utah, Colorado, USC, and uh, and uh, yeah, Cal, California. Uh, he's going to have some big games in the next two weeks. Well, you know Fresno what? State and Stanford. They could. Well, Stanford sucks. I'm sorry. Well, I, I, he, he's going to. He can run all over Fresno State and Stanford. We'll see what he comes. What happens with the the, the Arizona State and Arizona game? Uh, I think Arizona he can run all over Arizona. Arizona's not a good. Pro- Arizona State's the one. But you know what? UCLA, Pat, if you're listening to this, close your ears. They might run the whole – they might run the table. And if they run the table, they they are knocking on the door of a playoff. I think if they were on the table and go undefeated, they they make the playoff. How couldn't you? How couldn't you make them? They would have a a win over SEC school. Now, obviously, I mean, we just said, look, the schedule, they could be under 500. 
but preseason number 16. They could beat a ranked USC team. They're going to beat an Arizona State team. Now this is all hypothetical if they run the table. Mm-hmm. There's three and a Pac-12 championship where they'd probably beat another ranked opponent. So mm-hmm. that's a pretty good resume. Yeah, and especially if you can get it on the back of Zach Charbonnet. Uh, he's got two catches for another 49 yards. Yeah. So it, he, he can do anything that you ask him to. He can catch the ball out of the backfield if you need him to. He can Obviously, he can run the ball like a, a monster. Uh, so, yeah, I, like I said, I think he's going to end up being in contention for Heisman this year if he continues to do what he has done in these last two games. I think so, but I think the front runner that's Bryce Young after what we saw Saturday. But before we get into sure. that, uh, crisis was averted Saturday. Um, USC did win over San Jose State. Um, it was very tense um, there for a little well, while. I'm sure for you, for 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 you guys, well, you being with Pat, but um, you know, I heard about. I heard fire Clay Helton about 20 times. I heard this is San Jose State about 20 times. You know how it is. It's just. Pat put it on Twitter a couple times. Oh, yeah. It was insane. Insane. But, yeah. Crisis. Verdant, they won. Right. Right. Yeah. Keaton Slovis, I mean, he had a pretty good game 24 36, 256, two touchdowns. Um, Running-wise, not awful, but not great. Uh, Their lead rusher was Keontae Ingram. He had 15 carries for 86 yards. Um, And all in all, not an awful day. Uh, I was talking to Pat a little bit today about it at work, and he just said the play calling early on was just awful. And he he said most of all the, the whole game, the play calling was bad. Yeah, and it's just you can't have that. I mean, you have a quarterback that's pretty good. I think Keaton Slovis is a decent quarterback. Yeah. Um, hey, look, they won thirty to seven. I mean, yeah, you 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 would think with a score like that that there would be no doubt, but but you, you still, let me ask you. Let me ask you. Football game. No, no, no. So let me ask you, as an, from an outsider's perspective, because you're not a fan of USC, did you think Clay Helton coached a bad game? There's definitely some head scratchers. Um, okay. I just think they got to a slow start. I think play calling was kind of suspect early on, in it, but I think it was a slow start. I mean, it's the first game of the year, and back in the, back in the stands with or back in the stadium with fans. Uh, yeah, I get it. I, I just think it's one of those things to where it's first game of the year. Now, granted, like I said, some head scratchers. There are there are definitely some head scratchers. But sure. and it was a close game until the end. I think if you see the UF Saturday, that's who they're going to be just fine. They started getting turnovers. They started you know moving. They started throwing the ball deep. They started doing that those type of things. Look. Again, it's San Jose State, and you know I don't know who who they have this week. Who's USC have? Um, Let me pull it up real quick. They are at home versus Stanford. Okay, they should beat Stanford. I mean, they should. 
And then they go, they go on the road at Washington. So like their, their next few games, they should be able to win at home versus Stanford, on the road versus Washington State, home for Oregon State, at Colorado. Colorado can be a tough game because Colorado well, somehow always seems to play the Pac-12 tough. They're not the greatest team, but they will give you a run pretty much. I just think I – look, I can see why Pat's frustrated with Clay Helton. I get it. But, again yeah. – he has done some things in the past, and it's not like they're always terrible. They are in the hunt for the Pac-12 championship. They they're usually in that, and and you know, and his thing is the playoffs. Look, as a fan, you want your team to go to the playoffs, and you should expect your team to go to playoffs when they go to USC. Right. But the reality is, nobody in the Pac-12 has been in the playoffs in the recent memory. Oregon's been twice, and that's been so long ago, you kind of forget already. So. It's it's a Pac-12 thing. It's a Pac-12 stigma. I mean, you can probably make the same argument for what's going on in Eugene right now. I mean, yeah. what do you what do you think's going? On? What what do you think the um are the the discussion is at Arizona, a team that dominated the Pac-12 for so long? Right, if it wasn't Oregon, it was Arizona. Mm-hmm. Look what they are now. Mm-hmm. I mean, and if if you think that's bad, what do you think the conversation at Texas is? Yeah, I mean, it's yeah. you have those type of discussions everywhere, and and, and rightfully so. If you're a USC fan, I I like I tell Pat, I get it, man, I get it. But sometimes you gotta think: is the grass always greener on the other side? And sometimes that answer is no. Well, sometimes the answer can be yes, but it's just doesn't make you any happier because I'm telling you if. If if USC were to go on to and somehow make the playoffs, USC fans are still going to hate the fact that Clay Helton's a coach. But at that point, say they're going to they're going to love the fact that their team made it, but they're going to hate the fact that Clay Helton has led them. I, I just don't understand why. I guess I'm going to ask Pat this, but even then, it's kind of hard because he's set in stone. Why is what's the hate with Clay Helton? And, and I mean that genuinely. What is the hate uh, with Clay uh, Helton? For, from what I've seen, now his answer could end up being different. It could be uh, very well the same. From what I've seen, it's he's not a consistent coach. He can't get them over the hump because how many Pac-12 games have they have they played and lost with him as the head coach? I don't I don't know oh. the answer. I don't think you do off the top of your head. But, again, the fact that that they sometimes can't get there with him as the head coach. He's been – they feel he's been there long enough to have done something, but it doesn't seem like he's done enough. He's or, been, or, or ideally, in, in I guess in Pat's case, he hasn't done anything. He has done something, though, which is what I don't get. I mean, he went to the Rose Bowl. He won the Pac-12. He's been to the Pac-12 championship game multiple times. He was just in it last year, for crying out loud. It's just, And he's beaten UCLA, your rival. I mean, I, I guess for me, it's like, you know, has he won the national championship? No. Has he lost games he should have won? Absolutely, and I get that. But, again, it's the – the only thing I can accept, I mean, I got any of my choice to accept it or not. I'm not a USC fan, so I could care less. Um, the only thing I can understand is the play calling. If the play calling is that atrocious, but again, well, and, 
Again, I can't judge that because I don't. I try to watch them week to week, but sometimes it interferes with the binding game. I, 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 I just don't know. Maybe that's the it. Maybe it's the play calling that leads to the losses, but I, I, uh, I you gotta, you, you gotta think too. You gotta think too of how dominant USC has been. Now, you can understand that for the way Miami was dominant in the 80s, 90s, and uh, the early 2000s. That was when USC was pretty dominant, too. If it wasn't Miami, it was definitely USC and maybe Ohio State here and there, Michigan. And, and now uh, you, you can see where, where he's coming from with the fact that, okay, USC used to be this big powerhouse, and now they're trash or somewhat comparable to trash, oh, at least in his eyes. But okay, so you, you're bringing me into it with Miami. So, but what has my approach always been? What you were there for the conversation? What what is the approach I told them that Miami's, the Miami's, the Michigan's, the USC's, the Texas's, the prominent programs at one time, they're not that anymore. Right? Are they relevant? Yes. yes. Are they are they a are they a big boy still? Name wise and logo wise. Yes. Sure, absolutely. When they're good, college football is better. We've had yeah. that conversation. Yeah. But, but we've had it on the show. We've had it on the show. But the re- realization is they're not dominant like they used to be. Carson Palmer's not taking the snap for my USC. We don't have Ken Dorsey anymore. We don't have Wary Lewis anymore. We don't have the Ed Reeds anymore. Texas don't have the Vince Youngs anymore. Look. I'm not saying they're again. This is a tricky thing because you know, are they one of the premier colleges? They should be, right? Historically, they should be. They are. They have some of the best dynasties in the world. But again, look what my Alabama did to Miami this past Saturday. That's the realization. Going into that game, yes, I picked Miami. That was the pride in me. The realization is. I knew going in that game, it was not a can we beat Alabama. It was how far are we from competing with an Alabama. Right. Well, and, and let me let me remind you of something. Just think of how quick things can change, too. Even with Nick Saban as their head coach 10 years ago, Alabama wasn't – they were a, a great team, but they weren't making the championship every year. No, well – no, and you're right. Really, the, dyna- the the dominancy didn't start till like 2010, 2011 for Alabama, and even then, it wasn't consistent until about the late 2000, about 2014s when it really became consistent. So, but it can even change more now, so because of the new recruiting rules and new NIL, mm-hmm. new transfer portal rules. So I get it. Like, now is the time to make those drastic changes. And I'm not saying they shouldn't. I'm not saying if Clay Helm's not doing those things, then, yes, he sh- they should be looking at a new coach or seeing if he's the right guy for the job. But what I'm saying is, is you know, as a Miami – and I've, I've even admitted this to you on on air and in private conversations. Do do I – I go in every year saying, yeah, we can – I want to go win the national championship. What was the first thing I tell you every time is we have to make the conference championship. Mm-hmm. You ha- and because how many times Miami has only been to one conference championship since being in the ACC. They've right. never won the ACC. Never. Right. 
Right. So as much as I think Miami, like going in the year, oh, they can be great. They can make the playoffs. Immediately, thing that comes out of my mouth is, but we have to go. We have to make the conference championship because too many years yes. we're the favorite to win it, the coastal, and we don't win it. Mm-hmm. As a Miami fan, the thing that aggravates me is not that we're not in the playoffs; it's the fact that we can't win the freaking coastal division. So in that, right. me and Pat are right on board. If you can't win the coastal, we have to find someone that can make the the the, the conference championship. But he's talking mm-hmm. national championships, and that's the and you you were there that conversation. Did I deny the fact that they should be looking at the Pac-12 championship? Yeah. I didn't say they should. That shouldn't be the goal. When you're looking at the to worry about the conference championship, that's got to be your first goal. Once you start winning yes. that, then you can look at the bigger picture. Right now, for me, it's different because. We go into every season expecting Ohio State to, if not win, then definitely make it to the Big Ten championship. But, but because of how how dominant they are, they have been. So obviously, from his from his perspective, yes, Ohio State should be making the the playoffs every year because they're winning the Big Ten championship every year. So that, that's so his set. his expectations his his, his expectations. For USC are the same as mine for for Ohio State. Like this this year, is Ohio State going to win the Big Ten championship? Couldn't tell. You, to be honest with you, depends on how that how Stroud plays, how that defense can can answer, uh, how they so poorly played uh, against Minnesota. Well, obviously, we'll have to wait and all see. I mean, it was it was a whole almost a whole new uh, secondary, a bunch of new linebackers. They'll learn. Will they get it together at some point? Are they going to be like the defense was two, three, four years ago? Only time will tell. And that's the thing, though. And that's the same thing with the Alabamas and the Clemsons. Mm-hmm. I mean, Clemson's a perfect example. The sky's falling right now in, in Death Valley yeah. because – and by the way, your offense was atrocious. They've mm-hmm. just been spoiled to Trevor Lawrence experience for the last three years. And before that was Deshaun Watson. Well, it was, was uh, Kelly Bryant. And before that was Deshaun Watson. Mm-hmm. The sky is falling because they're 0 1 and their offense looked pitiful. Yes, absolutely. And, absolutely. I don't want this to come out as we're. Look, I love the passion Pat has for USC. It's the same passion I have for Miami. It's the same passion that you have. We want our teams to win. We want them to yes. go win the national championship. Yes. But we also have to realize is it starts at the conference championship. And that goes for every school, but especially those schools that haven't been the, those themselves for the last 10 years. Yeah. I mean, Miami is so far removed from their last national championship in 2002. The only time that they have become anywhere close to that was 2017 where they were ranked number two in the country going into Black Friday on Thanksgiving weekend. Mm-hmm. And they laid an egg against Pittsburgh. And they right. laid a bigger egg against Clemson. Right. And, to, and, and the reason I'm bringing it back to my team is because I watched every game of that year. And that was an ugly year. I mean, outside of the Virginia Tech, the Virginia Tech beating and the excitement of the Notre Dame blowout, they barely beat Florida State. They had to have a last-second touchdown in the corner of the end zone. Mm-hmm. They barely 
they, they, they barely beat some teams that they should have blown out, which causes them concern. And then when they go and laid an egg against Pitt, it was like, what happened? Well, guys, right. it was kind of a sign to come. Mm-hmm. Yep. And, and then Clemson, we got out. I mean, it, we weren't even close to that. Right. right. And that's what, you know, we, we hinted what me going on a rant against the Alabama game. Mm-hmm. Look, there's no rant. Miami's not an Alabama level. Now, can they be within the next five years if Vanna Diaz does a good job recruiting? Maybe. Yeah. But the yeah. but the reality of it is they were outmatched. There was right. a difference between three and four stars. Three stars with an occasional four than the 11 five stars they have on defense. Mm-hmm. And if you don't believe me, turn on that game or DVR or whatever you have on it and tell me how many receivers got open. How many, how much, how many blocks did the linemen make? Look, those coaches and those players are a lot smarter and a lot better than I am, but you can see it when you're on two eyes. They were dominated up front. Mm-hmm. There was no lane for the running back to go through. There was nowhere for Derek King to go with the football. Right. Defensively, we couldn't tackle them. We would hit them for a two-yard gain. They would be a two-yard run, and then all of a sudden we couldn't tackle them. He's out running for another four yards in the second and in second and four instead of a third, a second and eight. Mm-hmm. When we have them in situations third down and five, third down and four, oh, that's when they break out the fifteen-yard play. Yep. But guess what? The season's not over. I, me as a Miami fan. And I'd be telling Pat if it was his team and you if it was your team and whoever it was. You can't base the, that team for the 21-21 season against Alabama because you know what? There's probably only one other team in the country that could beat that Alabama team this year. Who do you think? Georgia. Really? I think Georgia's the only team. I think – and the reason I say that, Raceland, is because – now, granted, even and I want to follow that up by saying their offense has to be better. But, Absolutely, because I'm but, like, because you've got me questioning, like, how, how, why do you think they could beat Alabama if they only, because their defense was was pretty good, obviously, to shut down right uh, Clemson, but is their offense going to have, have enough to score? I don't know. JT Daniels is a great quarterback, but. Can they? Can that offense get rolled? Eventually, I think they will. And that's it might I'm take saying. a minute. I don't think they meet each other till they eventually play in the SEC championship, if that's what their destiny holds. Um, but I mean, if you look around the country, I mean, is I don't think Ohio State's up to that level. Not right now. I, I don't think I, I Oklahoma, damn sure, ain't after what they should against Tulane. Nope. Iowa State. I don't. I mean, nope. look what they just did. They won by six. Yep. So what team is on that level right now? The only other team that you can argue for is Georgia, and they have to get better. Alabama right now is on a planet of their own until someone closes that gap. We'll see. We'll we'll see. Come October ninth. Um, do I think this team can beat them? No. Uh, do I think it's going to be a shutout? Probably not. But. Uh, October 9th, Alabama plays uh, on the road against Texas A&M. 
I get. I got to see what Texas A&M is. They, they played a um, who they played Kent State. Kent State beat them forty-one ten. Whoopity do. I mean, no offense. Sorry, Dan. I know your brother plays for Kent State, but it, come on. Yeah. But you're right. Texas A&M is the only team on their schedule that could make the argument. But even then, I don't think it's going to happen. And and guess what? Florida, who they play, I think, in two or three weeks in Gainesville, I don't think they're beating Alabama. Nope. They don't even know what quarterback they like better. Yeah. Yeah. Emory Jones didn't look great. So, again, but – Anyone who and, and you know everyone that comes up there, I was wearing a Miami shirt today. Oh, they got their butt kicked. Well, guess what? Every other team who stepped foot on that turf that day would have got their butt kicked. I don't care if it's Ohio State. I don't care if it was Clemson and even Georgia. I mean, offensively they couldn't produce. Right. Alabama right now is on a different plane, and I think the only team that could close the gap is with a shot of a doubt right now is Georgia, Ohio State. If they can get their defensive struggles figured out and C.J. Stroud can put in multiple games with, you know, four quarters of good football, then maybe Ohio State. Outside of those two teams, there is nobody else. No, I would agree with you. There definitely is. And, look, I mean, it. And I think Miami's still going to win nine games this year. Yeah, very well could. Very For me, you want to talk about play calling? I did not like the play calling of Miami, though. I can tell you that right now. Really? Really? Third and seven, you're throwing a four-yard pass. I mean, granted, I know Derek King had people in his face, but I third and four does not move the chains. No. Have to lose. I mean, even when they jumped off that what seventeen to nothing start, whatever mm-hmm. it was, seventeen to nothing like start. That. You get the ball at the halftime, so I kept telling Pat. Even when they got off that big lead, I'm like, get it within ten. Get it within ten. You get the ball at the half, then you make a one possession, then you're back in the football game. But mm-hmm. they're so freaking conservative. I don't get why. Again, I know it's Alabama. I know, and I'm not saying, but it you at least got to throw the ball down the field. We keep hearing all these things about how the receivers are so quick and have great hands. Display it. Mm-hmm. If you watch Rhett, yeah. if you watch Brett Lashley's offensive scheme, he wanted to move the ball. They wanted to get the ball in space. They wanted to throw the ball down the field. What, what, what was that? No idea. I tell you what, you have Appalachian State this week. I I hear Rhett Lashley. We gotta we gotta open the playbook. We're gonna score some points. Well, prove it. Prove it. Appalachian State ain't no Alabama. I can tell you that. But they're also not Alabama State either. They're gonna come and bring it. Yeah. They're only an eight point favorite. Miami is. Really, only eight. Only eight point favorite. That's that's kind of. If I'm if I'm you as a Miami fan, I feel disrespected by that. I mean, I I get they just got hammered by Alabama, but like you said, 
it's Appalachian State, not in Alabama. I mean, I Ohio think... State is Ohio State is playing a ranked team, and they're favored by fourteen and a half. To where Miami's only favored eight over a team that is bottom of the barrel in the FBS. Yeah, you know why I don't feel disrespected as a Miami fan? Why? Because yes, we were playing Alabama, but the defense couldn't tackle anybody. And that was I the same get that. We saw, I last, do. we saw that issue last year. So it ain't that issue with the defense is not an Alabama thing. It wasn't because the big no. bad place from Tuscaloosa came down there and just kicked your ass for four quarters. It wasn't that thing. Right. That was going on last year. Remember North Carolina? Yeah, that North Carolina game when they put 547 yards rushing on you? Mm-hmm. Yeah. It, it, I'm sorry. Until they show they can stop the run, they're not going to be favored by much. I don't care who they're playing. Now, do I, mean, I think but, again, but again, you still think that they have the bigger advantage over Appalachian State? They should, on paper. I think we have the better athletes. I think they have the better team. And we should win by more than eight. But again, Raceland, if you can't tackle the opponent. I get it. I get it. And, and I think the line, too, I think the line is how – that shows more about the confidence level of the Miami offense. That offense – Let me look it up real quick. The line for Miami and Appalachian State. So Miami's favored to win by nine and a half. The over and under for total points scored is 54 and a half. So, yeah, they're, they're saying that Miami's defense isn't good if they're giving Miami a nine and a half or a nine point spread with only giving up or with, with only both teams scoring uh, like 54 and a half, or I guess 55 or 53, however you want to look at it. So, yeah, uh, yeah I don't let, – let me let me see. It, it, let's go – so let's just take 55. 55 divided by uh, 2. So that's – at 27 and a half, we'll go round it up. So we'll say – you give Miami the one point, uh, one point advantage, 28-27. Well, then you just take nine from there. So, what, they, they, they predict Miami will have 37 to Appalachian State's 18? I mean, yeah, I get it, but still. I mean, here's the thing, Raceland, and, and watching that game, I have more confidence in the Miami offense than I do defense. Right. Because, again, we lost a lot of players last year. We lost Jalen Phillips and Gregory Rosu last year. Now, Rosu didn't play last year, but where is the pass rush coming from? Right. So, I mean, granted, I think they're going to go and they're going to beat the brakes off Appalachia State, my personal opinion. But I don't blame Vegas for only putting a nine and a half point line. Now, again, the, the concerning thing for me as a Miami fan was the defensive play. Right. I mean, we heard all this thing how Manny took over the defensive side of the football. You know, obviously, um, 
the deepest coordinator from last year went to LSU. I mean, but nothing looked different. So it's going to be interesting to see what is different when this time comes to watch them this Saturday night. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a weird, kind of a weird night game to have. It's a 7 o'clock game Saturday night against Appalachian State. you think that would be kind of more like a – a noon or 3.30 game, but add more power to them, I guess. I think it's just because it's at Miami. I, usually the – e- Now, granted, that Central Connecticut game, it's going to be in the uh, afternoon. But I think with it being a Miami – the Miami App State, which is not a bad game. That's, an, that's, a, that's That is the definition of a trap game. Well, definitely. Just ask Michigan. And guess what? I think Miami needs to win Saturday because guess who comes in next weekend? Michigan State. Michigan State. Michigan State. And then you got Central Connecticut, which whatever. And then you got Virginia coming to town. Yep. North Carolina the week after. You're in Chapel Hill. I mean, guys. Two weeks after that, you're two weeks after that against Pitt on the road. Two weeks later. At let, me, let me tell you something. Even after the loss to Alabama, again, like I said, I think they're going to be a nine-win football team. I think this is a good team. I think they have a lot of things that they fix, but I think it's a good team. The Coastal's right in front of them mm-hmm. because North Carolina did lose. Um, Duke laid an egg against Charlotte. Yeah. Yeah. Virginia Tech's, I think, the only Coastal team to win last week. No, Virginia won. Apologies. Virginia won, too. Let's see. Um, Pitt won their game, too. Okay, so it's the three. But they play them all. They play all those games, teams. Yep. Yep. So you still control your destiny. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely, do. So it'll be interesting to see. I'm not trying to – look, like I said, it, it, it probably came out as I'm ripping Miami. I'm really not. But – when it comes to people's like, are, you know, did they got their butt kicked? Well, obviously. But then when it comes to, well, I'm shocked that they Vegas don't like them. I'm not shocked. I mean, you saw things that that looked bad from last year came up in Saturday's game. So that's all I have to really say about that. Um, hopefully they can get things back on the right track Saturday. For your sake, I hope they do. For your sake, I hope they do. And, Rayson, I think that's a good way to end this episode of your favorite football podcast. We'll be back this Thursday. Um, we're going to – potentially we've been talking about off the air, but double duty. So we're going to have an episode to drop Thursday night and then the predictions episode drop Friday um, sometime in the afternoon or evening. So um, be on the lookout for that um, if you'll potentially can see if me or Pat can shrink the gap or even potentially take the lead. Uh, for the Chase or Predictions Championship. But until then, I am James, and that was Raceland, and we'll see you here next time on your favorite football podcast.